Hi, and welcome to the Inquiries and Theories podcast. My name is Marie Drassic. I'm Katrina Brown. And I'm Randy Flick. And today we'll be talking about the new movie Love, Simon, which is based off of the book Simon vs. the Homo Sapien Agenda. We want to be talking about just the general adaptation of the story, why this novel and this movie is significant, how the character of Simon particularly is portrayed, and what this adaptation will mean for our current culture. If this is interesting to you, then keep on listening. So before we get started, uh, I would like to clarify that myself and Randy have both read Simon vs. the Homo Sapien Agenda, um, but none of us have seen the movie because it hasn't come out yet, unfortunately. It comes out March 16th, 2018, at your local theater. Uh, I have neither read the book nor seen the movie, which yes. is incredible. Katrina has done neither. And so we are just going to give a basic overview of the plot right now. There will 100% be spoilers, but we don't know necessarily if the movie will be ending or revealing information the same way that the book does. So we're just giving you the book plot and figuring that it'll be the same and or very similar. I mean, the author's happy with it, so... Right. You have to assume that everything is fine. So the book follows Simon... Spear? Spire? Either one. He is 16 years old and he, in August, finds um, some emails or like posts on his school's Tumblr page, which is like a gossip forum, from this person named Blue, who is admitting that they're struggling coming to terms with his sexuality and how he's feeling alone. That day, he responds back to Blue anonymously as well, saying that he feels the same, which is a big deal because nobody knows that Simon is gay. And he signs it Jacques which means Simon says in French, which I think is really fun. And so as readers, we don't know the identity of Blue. Um, no one knows. It's anonymous. So it follows him through the first part of his school year, and you learn about his friends, Nick, who is Simon's male best friend, and then Leah, who is Simon's girl best friend, and she's known Simon for a really long time, right? Yeah. And then Abby has just moved from Washington, D.C., and she's joined this friend group. Yeah, so Simon accidentally leaves his email, like, logged in one day. On the school computer, Yeah, on the school computer, because he's chatting it up at school, which is... Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake, <laughs> honestly. The worst thing you can do. <laughs> it's supposed to be a secret, but I'm going to do it in front of everyone at the school library. But it ends up in this guy, Martin, who is like a huge jerk, class clown kind of guy. He ends up finding that Simon has accidentally left his email logged in, and he's like really terrible and decides to blackmail Simon into setting Martin or him up with Abby, who's a friend we mentioned earlier. Abby obviously is like new. She just moved from DC and she is the first person that Simon comes out to. Simon, I guess, like agrees, but he isn't comfortable with it, but also he doesn't want to be outed to the school. A lot of things are traumatic in high school, but that's probably one of the worst, maybe. Yeah, teenagers got it really hard. Yeah. But they're honestly going to change the world. So Martin wants to be set up with Abby, but he ends up getting jealous of Abby and Simon's relationship and he leaks the emails anyway, which forces Simon to out himself to his family and his friends, which arguably could be a hate crime and he should go to jail, but no one asked me. Uh, Should Martin go to jail? Yes, 100%. But they all take it really well. Then at the end of the book, there's like a carnival and that's when Simon finally meets Blue and Blue turns out to be a guy named Bram Greenfield, who is a quiet kid that has sort of been throughout the book he's kind of like a side character he ends up being blue who sits at simon's lunch table so simon like knows who he is yeah and then the book ends happily ever after there isn't really a lot of clarification so far it seems like based off the trailers the movie will be following like the same sort of idea this movie comes out on march 16th 2018 
So highly anticipated. I know it's one of the first mainstream movies about an LGBTQ character. Yes. Um, it's being produced by Fox, right? Yeah, it's being produced by 20th Century Fox, and it's kind of, it's like peaked interest because it is one of the first openly gay films that 20th Century Fox has actively produced, specifically for teenagers, which is like a really big deal. You've had movies like Perks of Being a Wallflower, which has subtle side characters or like subtle implications, but this movie is blatantly being like- The, the main character Yeah, is, like is the main kid. character yeah. is a gay man, and the marketing of it is talking about how this movie is coming out, like that's like the whole- so it's, it's more than just an indie movie, essentially. It is yeah. like an in-character, an LGBTQ movie. And they're portraying it as a romance movie for teenagers to see. Okay. The same way they would angle The Fault in Our Stars or like Paper Towns when it came out. Like This is a romance movie for teenagers based off of a book that teenagers have read. It just happens that they're oh. gay. Anyway, so yeah. Nick uh, Robinson okay. is playing Simon Spear. He's not or does not identify as an LGBTQ actor. He is a straight man. But he has been cast as this LGBTQ character. There has been some hesitancy about acknowledging Nick Robinson as a good fit for the character. Kind of that Um, whole, like, we want gay people to play gay characters. Right, like, Nick Robinson went through high school as a straight kid who probably got to take anybody he wanted to prom, you know? Like, he got to live the good life of being a white straight kid in high school. And, I mean, that just brings up the conversation of who should be allowing the stories. Yeah, Yeah. maybe not allowed, but who is... Who is the right to kind of tell these stories? Keenan Lonsdale is playing Bram Greenfield, but Keenan has acknowledged on his Instagram very recently, actually, that he would identify as an LGBTQ actor. It's like helpful that he is playing an LGBTQ character because he understands the experience. I don't. I just don't know that I have that much to say on like who has the right to tell this story because I don't really know how I feel about that, quite honestly. I think as long as the character is written well and the actor does portray that character accurately, then I don't, I personally don't have a problem with watching straight people on screen portray gay Mm -hmm. characters. I know that GLAAD recently released their like media analysis of 2017-2018 specifically for TV, so I can't speak on films in general, but it was something like really low, like I think like 20 or 30 percent of actors identify as gay that are like cast on shows to play any character really not specifically just gay characters and like gay representation in tv in general is not and these and these uh actors are cast as mostly straight people right right okay yeah gotcha but it's not very common for like gay actors to be either out or be actively casted in roles that fit them so it's the conversation of like when there are roles that fit them do they almost like deserve to get these parts like should a gay person have been cast as simon i can see this argument going two ways kind of in that if these gay actors are not out and they mm-hmm. can portray straight characters on screen then mm-hmm. why can't straight people portray gay characters on screen and i think mostly because gay characters can portray straight people on screen because gay character or gay actors know what straightness looks like because they're surrounded by it everywhere they probably we, have to, to pretend see. to be it right yeah. exactly so they they're playing a straight character every day of their life if they're not out right. but straight people portraying gay characters that's not an experience that they have right like we live in a heteronormative society that tells them like being straight is the only way that you should be presenting yourself which isn't true right they have probably grown up for a long time acting a certain way hence the like idea of like coming out simon versus the homo sapien agenda was written by becky albertalli and it was published on april 7th of 2015 what i wanted to talk about specifically with 
Becky as the author is just like who she is. She is a cisgendered white female. She was a, or she is a former clinical psychologist who specialized in working with children's and teenagers. And so her claim is that she has experienced a lot of stories about gay teenagers and their experiences in high school and like what it looks like to live this life. And so she felt like she had enough understanding to write this book. Research, um, if you will. Almost, in a um, sense i don't think it was like meant to be actual research it was just right, like oh right. i've done this thing so now i understand it well i just mean like kind of how the the main character who plays simon would almost do oh, research yeah. to kind of understand that experience she kind of already has an understanding of yeah. that so she's in a position to where she could yeah. reasonably know how to write right such a character i think it is interesting though that she is like this clinical psychologist who hasn't raised a kid who is gay like she doesn't know what it's like to be gay she has hasn't ever explicitly stated like these are based off of what I learned while I was a psychologist like I don't even right. think legally you can do that but kind of like this collection of understandings wasn't hers in the first place and so what does she bring to the story what is representation in young adult literature and movies who is writing these stories who is telling these stories so since I haven't read the book would you just tell me real quick how authentic does Simon's experience as a gay person in high school kind of come across it felt super authentic and I, th- I think the reason why it felt very authentic is because Becky took the time and did the research she needed to do but she also I believe used sensitivity readers which mm-hmm. is pretty much just giving the people who have experienced this an opportunity to read it and say you know this seems a little uh, a little pointed here this doesn't seem like it's actually representing what we need to represent that kind of stuff and I think also her relationship with Angie Thomas author of The Hate You Give and Adam Silvera oh, uh, History's All You Left Me Yeah, I think her relationship with those two have also really helped round out this book and this character right in the ways that you know maybe it wouldn't have had she just written it from Mm -hmm. uh, her own perspective i think it's really interesting you say that in study like just don't see myself here the authors pl thomas thomas crisp and suzanne Kenzek is what I'm, how I'm gonna say it I think they like talk about what the significance of telling these stories are and there was a quote that says the images of gay relationships in young adult literature is important because they not only teach heterosexual young people about gay males but also provide gay males with the images of possibilities for their own lives the authors argue that literature has the power to shape readers lives specifically high schoolers lives the things you read are directly impacting how you think and who you will be in the future having these identities are profoundly important and I think something that important to recognize here too is that when you read a novel you put yourself in the place of the main character Mm -hmm. so when that main character is speaking from a place that maybe reflects Mm -hmm. who you are or who you could possibly see yourself becoming that's important to especially younger people as they grow up and recognize that they maybe fall outside of what is accepted right right. i think that's a really important point and i i mean i think that goes for all representation outside of just lgbtq representation absolutely yeah for sure i think it's also interesting because in the same study or like discussion they'd say how one text cannot carry the burden of representing a diverse population and our classrooms and bookshelves must reflect a range of lgbtq identities just having one book just putting simon versus the homo sapien agenda on your shelf and just having one movie just having love simon being produced isn't enough to be like well we've made we've given the queer community a movie we've given them a book like that's enough because just like people in general one component of it is not going to tell the full story exactly and that, like, like think, we of, see... think of how many people there are in the world Every 
every single person has a different story. Right. If you only tell one story, then that's the only yeah. version of being gay or being a lesbian that right. people are going to be allowed to see. That's why it's so important to, when you're writing queer characters, to avoid the pitfalls that I think a lot of people make, you know, okay, well, they're gay, so they're going to act this certain way, or they're gay, so mm-hmm. that's going to be their main character trait. I know there was a blog that I read who kind of helped make this distinction, and it's called Writing Gay Characters, and under the section- From Letterpile. From Letterpile, and it's under the section Gay Characters versus Characters Who Happen to Be Gay, and here she outlines the difference between a character who is defined by their sexuality and a character who is a well-rounded person who is going through all of these struggles just like a normal person would, but at the same time, they maybe are facing unique struggles because of their sexuality or they just happen to be gay right i think before yeah you start reading that it's important to note there was a study done that has been tracking the numbers of books that published lgbtq characters in young adults specifically and one of the things they talk about is how a lot of mainstream publishers publish these stories that are about gay characters but the whole plot line the whole character arc is about them coming out which to be fair simon versus the homo sapien agenda and the movie love simon fall under that the movie is about simon feeling comfortable enough to tell people he's gay which is like a very significant event right but also it's kind of discouraging that the only stories lgbtq people are getting is the story of their coming out right and like well that that is an important conflict to talk about it's also important to recognize that they're just normal people exactly that's not necessarily the main conflict of their life like yes they're gay but you also have this really big tournament coming up or you have a big paper to write there's other things that you are dealing with in your life that aren't just oh my god i'm gay right gay characters are defined by their sexuality Mm -hmm. and characters who just happen to be gay are well-rounded people who as a part of that have that sexuality simon in this instance would fall under a gay character both in the movie and in the book because his main struggle is Is about him him coming out which again is an important thing to talk about but personally i want to see gay characters who not necessarily their biggest struggle is going through that do you feel like it's beneficial now that if we are to get a movie about a queer character the movie that we're getting is about this character coming out do you feel like that is almost hindering the way we can write queer characters or do you feel like it's beneficial because we're at least getting a story I want representation, but I want quality representation. Right. Like on Netflix, you'll see this entire category of LGBTQ movies mm-hmm. and TV shows, but I don't see quality ones in there. And I think that for me is just a big issue is that I don't just want to see myself on screen, but crappily portrayed. I want somebody who has real feelings and emotions mm-hmm. in a show that I can get invested into just like I would mm-hmm. um, like a straight romance and just mm-hmm. as well written. And We want but, quality and quantity. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I don't know. I think it's important to have quality content, but is bad content better than no content? I mean, I think that's really hard to say because I want to support queer films and queer TV shows, but mm-hmm. it's hard to do that when they're not of a quality that, you know, we would hold straight TV shows mm-hmm. and straight movies to. I kind of just wanted to know your guys' thoughts on what you think this movie will be changing about the genre of like specifically teenage films but also just like movies in general like will a new age of representation be coming both in young adult novels and just like in the movies we make i don't think it just needs to be specific to young adult we looked at another study called queer visual culture which talked about what happens to people when they see queer movies and why seeing queer movies is important and like elements of these movies that you either like don't see in other films and they talk about the author james h sanders the third 
So one of the quotes from the essay about queer visual culture and why it's important is when they or the author talks about how films portray gay people as being ostracized for the pain that they endure. And so who they are is based off of their pain and their story is based off of their pain. And then their pain is then like ostracized and it makes them other and it makes them essentially it essentially like leads to their downfall. But in Love, Simon, it's a rom-com. It's a happy movie. Like, we know from the book that him and Blue end up together. It is a happily ever after. They get together and they get to be their true selves. They, like, have this acceptance from their peers and their family. Love, Simon itself creates this, like, common knowledge of, like, family acceptance and the necessity, just, like, the easiness of acknowledging that, like, this isn't any different. Like, it's flipping this idea on its head that teenagers have these feelings and they're valid and that's not a bad thing and so how is this going to shape the way we think about movies and like write movies and specifically gay characters in movies yeah i think yeah what does this mean for our current culture of movies like how do we feel like this is going to change things do we think it's going to change things i mean i feel like it'll probably just continue the kind of current trend of there being slowly but surely more representation and better representation and i mean that's what mm-hmm. i would hope for representation in same-sex relationships in a positive light like the struggle like this i have a really strong belief that this movie is not going to be a really depressing in how simon is handling the struggle of coming out it's going to be like a funny quirky teen drama which as it should be and so if it is successful should we expect these kind of movies to keep coming out oh i think absolutely i would hope at least that there would be some that are maybe with with female characters female mm-hmm. gay characters um i think that's probably the important next step for me at least mm-hmm. um but that's also coming from somebody who wants that representation for herself so one of the best things that you can do is just mm-hmm. be honest and be truthful to who you are and what makes you happy Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you said that because I was reading a small article about why it's significant that they changed the name from Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda to Love, Simon, and it was from Epic Reads. The author uh, was talking about why this change is important because it creates this idea that, like, right off the bat, you know this is a love story. Right off the bat, you know that it's about, like, a romance, and you know that it's centering about around two gay kids and it's a love letter to society like a love story something even so small as like changing the name is letting people know that like this isn't just like this kid like sticking it to the man this is like he wants to tell his love story what do we want to see from love simon i want to see leah drum also i want to see them kiss not him and leah that'll be really important in the trailer it gets really close at a christmas are they by a christmas tree under the mistletoe i think it's like Christmassy, I think. That's not how it happened in the book. Anyway. I'm personally excited to see, like, all of the stuff that makes Simon Simon. Like, not just him being gay, but, like, his personality and, like, yeah. all of, like, the weird stuff that he likes. And, yeah, like, he likes Oreos a lot. Exactly. Okay. Like, stuff like that. Well, I would love that. Only one kind of Oreo. You're, okay, true. I'm sorry. Sorry. Like, I'm excited to meet Simon as, <laughs> again, a well-rounded character. I'm big on that. Just like as a and dude. Not just like as a gay kid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm most excited for. I think I'm excited also for the relationships he shares with his friends. That'll be really interesting. Yeah. That side story. I'm also, excited. I'm excited for the drama between Leah and Abby. Yeah, I've been which told we didn't that even talk about. Nick. 
There's apparently some, like, somebody worth fighting over, I guess. Right. Somebody should definitely follow up this podcast talking about Leah on the Offbeat, which is the companion novel to Simon vs. the Homo Sapien Agenda, which is dropping really soon. I think in April it comes out, which is revealed in the second book that Leah herself is bisexual. And I don't think they'll talk about that or touch on that in the movie. But that just, like, adds an interesting element to, like, who she is. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I'm really excited, actually, to see how they portray this uh, thing between Nick and Abby. Oh, yeah, yeah. This relationship in, in uh, relation to uh, the relationship between Blue mm. and Simon. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I just I wonder how much, of a, how much of a role it's actually going to play in this movie, considering it's not the main focus, surprisingly. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's an int- I didn't even think of that. Also, how, how, how is it going to compare, you know? Right. What, how, what's it going to look like? What's the difference? Yeah. Well, again, Love, Simon comes out on March 16th in theaters everywhere, so make sure you go see it, get your tickets, experience it, read the book if you're really feeling it. If you're not, that's okay, too. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. This has been Inquiries and Theories. You can listen to any of our other podcasts. Some should be out, and or they will be out soon on the Byte website. Definitely check it out. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. I'm Katrina. I'm Marie. And I'm Randy. Yeah, um, I, I don't know.